everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is July 19th. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me book, and we're going to continue in Acts chapter 10. Yesterday we talked about what the Lord said to Peter in his vision. What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. Yesterday we talked about how that can refer to us, and how sometimes we refuse to fully accept the cleansing power of the atonement for ourselves. How even after we've repented and done all that we've been asked to do, we still hang on and cling to mistakes that we've made in the past rather than letting the atonement of Jesus Christ redeem us and cleanse us completely. Today, let's talk about the flip side of that coin or how it can apply not to ourselves, but to how we see others. As this interaction between Cornelius and Peter continues, it seems like Peter all of a sudden has this aha moment where he all of a sudden realizes what the Lord was trying to teach him with this vision of the unclean beasts. Look at what it says in verse 34 and 35. It says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted of him. So all of a sudden, Peter has this aha moment where he realizes that God is trying to tell him not that certain animals are no longer unclean, but that certain people are to be received into the church the same way the Jews had been received into the church. That now There are no unclean people or people less worthy of the church or the blessings or the atonement of Jesus Christ. And this is something that, had they been watching the Savior, they could have anticipated would happen. Because think about all that the Savior did, the time that he spent in Samaria, the time that he spent with the woman at the well and speaking with her and blessing her, the healing of the centurion's daughter. It was against the law of Moses to mingle with and to spend time with Gentiles, but you wouldn't know it based on the way the Savior treated Gentiles. He blessed, he cared for, he spoke with and taught everyone. However, keep in mind in Matthew chapter 10 verse 5, when the Savior is sending out his apostles to teach and to minister to and to baptize, he does say, go not into the way of the Gentiles. So it was clear that while he was on the earth, before his atonement, that the gospel was just to be held to the Jews. However, after his resurrection, he talks about spreading the gospel to everyone. And so this shouldn't have come as a surprise to Peter, that the gospel would be open to everyone, that the Savior wanted everyone to partake of the blessings of the gospel and receive the spirit, and the joy of the gospel. So my friends, my question for you to consider today, and my question that I've been asking myself today is, do we sometimes find ourselves guilty of thinking like the law of Moses? Do we sometimes find ourselves guilty of picking and choosing who we think should have the gospel or the blessings of the gospel? Do we sometimes try to decide who we think would accept the gospel? Or are we willing to just share and love and welcome everyone with whom we come in contact? The gospel of Jesus Christ is for everyone. And everyone has equal access to the atonement of Jesus Christ. A verse that I love is after Peter comes to this realization that God is not a respecter of persons, 
that the gospel should be for everyone. In verse 39, it says, and we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly. Now, what's interesting here is it's almost like Peter is realizing, I am a witness of the atonement of Jesus Christ. I am a witness of his cleansing power, of his healing power, of his forgiving power. And so here, as a witness, he is realizing that Christ heals everyone. He atones for everyone. He forgives everyone. So no matter where the Gentiles have been, no matter where Cornelius has been or what he's done, no matter what his beliefs have been in the past or what type of religious home he was born into, none of that matters anymore. Because of the atonement of Jesus Christ, we can all be made new, free to believe and to worship and to move forward, forgiven and cleansed, feeling joy and peace in the gospel of Jesus Christ. But do we truly show that to everyone who walks in the doors of the chapels? Do we truly embrace that as we contemplate missionary work or contemplate who among our friends might need our testimony of Jesus Christ or the gospel? Or are we busy picking and choosing who we think would want it or who we think should have it? My friends, sometimes I fear that we are a little bit guilty of thinking people should be at a certain level or on a certain level before they come into the church or before they approach the gospel, rather than just accepting them where they are and trusting that the Lord will change them, that the Lord will make them new, that the Lord will heal and cleanse. It's not our job to worry about where people are spiritually. It's our job to love them where they are and allow the spirit to do its work on them. Yesterday, we talked about how the atonement of Jesus Christ is expansive enough to cover us and our mistakes and our sins to redeem us. But today we also have to accept that the atonement of Jesus Christ is expansive enough to cover everyone else as well, whether you agree with them or not, whether you belong to the same political party or not, whether you're the same religion or not, whether there are things in their lives that you don't agree with or think are not moral or not, it doesn't matter. If we are going to believe in the atonement of Jesus Christ, we have to believe in it as an infinite atonement for all people, whether we are like-minded or not. The atonement is all-inclusive. That is what it means that it is an infinite atonement. Remember the words of President Nelson in his talk, Let God Prevail. He said, The gospel net to gather scattered Israel is expansive. There is room for each person who will fully embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ. Each convert becomes one of God's covenant children, whether by birth or by adoption. Each becomes a full heir to all that God has promised the faithful children of Israel. Each of us has a divine potential because each is a child of God, each equal in his eyes. The implications of this truth are profound. Brothers and sisters, please listen carefully to what I am about to say. God does not love one race more than another. His doctrine on this matter is clear. He invites all to come unto him, black and white, 
bond and free, male and female. I assure you that your standing before God is not determined by the color of your skin. Favor or disfavor with God is dependent on your devotion to God and his commandments, not the color of your skin. I love how specific he is there about race. But my friends, it's also my belief that you could substitute any of our differences in for race there. You could substitute in gender. You could substitute in orientation. You could substitute in political party. You could substitute in religion. God loves his children. God seeks to bless his children. God's work and glory is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of all his children. And he is anxiously engaged in that work, no matter where his children are spiritually. He is striving to reach all of his children. And my friends, as covenant children with God, we should be actively striving to reach all of God's children too. When we love God fully and completely, our hearts can be opened to loving all his children fully and completely as well. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. 